It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back to Silver and Black Today here on Tuesday. The 14th of November. I hope you're having a, a good week thus far. I know you're having a good week because, look, the Raiders won on Sunday night. I mean, what else could you ask for heading into the week before Thanksgiving? And I'm thankful. We're thankful that you're here listening to us. We're an Odyssey original podcast. Do us a favor. Subscribe wherever you get your audio. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you very much. We appreciate the chat. As always, hit the subscription and the notifications bell. Uh, I'm Scott Cobranson, your host, joined by my partner here on the show. He is Mo Moten. He's the national uh, senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report covering the NFL. He also does Raider-specific content for sportsnot.com, where you can also catch my work as well. You can follow Mo on x.com at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L-V Gully, and the show is SNB Today. Okay, Mo, I know I, 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 do, I dove into your Bleacher Report live right after the game because I had a few minutes before Murph and I started the show here. And uh, it was great to see a lot of stuff. You still see, It's amazing how some people will still complain, even though their team won. But, but overall, just, you know, I think emotions riding high right now. People feel really good about the Raiders. Nobody's crowning them AFC champions or anything like that. It's just nice, as we've said since the last offseason, let's see some progress. Let's see a team that has that will to win and has the desire to be the best that they can be, whatever that is. And boy, we saw that against the Jets. We knew you and I called it. You were closer to the score, I think, technically than I was. But we both had both teams under 20. Actually, I had them under 16, which they ended up getting <laughs> to win the game. But uh, we had this as a, as a slugfest and we knew it would be that way. It turned out a little bit different for various reasons, but we knew that the score would be low. And sure enough, it was, and the Raiders just win a street fight out there with the the New York Jets, who also helped the Raiders because of their ineptitude with penalties and so on on offense. And the Raiders got a little bit lucky there. But you look at this primetime win. Raiders look good. You tuned in Monday morning. All the NFL shows were talking about the Raiders and talking about Antonio Pierce. Um, give me your high level takeaways of this team after two games. Okay, great defense. This is the best defense they've played all season, right? Uh, and they beat the Giants, beat the Jets. Now they get ready to go to Miami. But give me your thoughts on this team and what you're seeing and what you saw on Sunday night in front of the national audience. Biggest takeaway for me is something I posted on the X, and I said the Raiders now have an identity. Hmm. They're a physical, aggressive football team. As you can see, over the past two weeks, Josh Jacobs has been the heart of the offense. I know Devontae Adams is, is the best player on that offense. He's your all-pro wide receiver who's arguably the best at his position. 
But Josh Jacobs is clearly now the heartbeat of that offense. And you, you saw that, again, over the last weeks, feeding him the football. He should have had over 100 yards of back-to-back weeks. Got 116 on Sunday against the Jets defense. What I said, the weakness of the Jets defense, while it is pretty good, is their interior run defense. And you saw Josh Jacobs break one for, I believe, 40 yards. You would like to see him hold on to the football at the end of that run. But the biggest thing for me is Antonio Pierce has this team where they have a, a winning formula. And I, and I talk about this every year with winning football teams and playoff teams. I'm not saying the Raiders are a playoff team, but this is what playoff teams have. They have their bread and butter approach. What is the identity of this football team? Are we a passing team? Are we a defensive-led team? Are we a run-heavy team? Are we a team that depends solely on our quarterback, like the Buffalo Bills? So the Raiders now have their identity. Again, physical. They're going to run the football 25 to 30 times with Josh Jacobs. We even saw Zamir White get a carry. He fumbled. Luckily, the Raiders were able to recover it. But they're going to run the football, and they're going to be aggressive. Two for two on fourth down conversions. And a lot of people liked Antonio Pierce's uh, gamble to go for it on fourth and inches, handing the ball off to DeAndre Carr to get that first down for 15 yards. So while it worked, and a lot of people are going to like it because it worked, I would I would say even if it didn't work out, I still like the aggressive approach because I guarantee you Josh McDaniels punts on that down and gives the ball back to the Jets instead of trusting his 104 plus million dollar offense. Correct. And that that's been our big complaint all season before the change happened, right? Which was this idea that you have all this money invested in your offense and you're doing nothing to enable it to be successful. And that's why the celebrations and all the happiness came out, not just because the guy was fired, but because these guys could never be who they are. And again, I've said it. We're we're at the midway point, just past it. The Raiders are at 500. We don't know what they can be. We can make assumptions based on the roster like we've all done. You pick them to win six games. I think I picked them to win seven games. Uh, And and they're clearly on the cusp of, of, of doing better than that. And so I think your point about the identity, Mo, is a huge one because even under John Gruden, yes, there were times when you felt the team had identity on offense a little bit, but that identity never was really kind of strong. It never really grabbed you by the you-know-what and and shook you and said, whoa, I, I get who these guys are. So now under Antonio Pierce, a former player, of course, and that fiery attitude, that transparency that he's given, that genuine nature of his personality – it's it struck a chord with this team. And, and and again, I know everybody wants to jump ahead and say, well, they should he's gonna be the full-time coach. We don't know that yet. It doesn't matter though. As he said before, and I said this on the post-game show, it doesn't matter. You worry about now. It's a week-to-week league. You worry about what you're able to do now. And that's what he's got these guys focused on. And it doesn't matter. Winning, ugly, whatever you want to call it. Last night, excuse me, on Sunday night, they have I think that identity out there because they were they were playing hard. Did they always win battles? No, but you never do in football games. You never win all of them, especially against a defense as good and as fast, by the way, as the Jets. That's why I was so impressed with Josh Jacobs in this game because not only did he, I think, at, after halftime, and he said it after the game in the interview, he said, they weren't really running the plays that we had talked about and that, that were, were what I wanted to do. And I gave some feedback at halftime and they listened to me And boing, look what happened in the second half, right? So that idea, it's not that you have players running the team and coaching the team, but you have, there's a give and take, right, Mo? It doesn't matter what you do for a living. You're editors. If you got an idea for a story and you pitch a story and they say no, and you go back to me and say, hey, yeah, but listen, here, this and that, and you come to an agreement on it and it works out for everybody, you develop a trust. And that's what Antonio Pierce has done with Josh Jacobs, who was was not getting along with uh, Josh McDaniels, clearly. And now you see what happens 
two weeks in a row, great performance, has his best performance against the Jets. And not only that, but he continues to be the leader that we've seen him emerge to be. I think it's important to note, because uh, they said it during the broadcast, I think it was Chris Collinsworth said that Antonio Pierce gives Josh Jacobs uh, a sheet, and then Josh Jacobs gives him back the sheet of paper with three to five plays that he likes. Mm -hmm. Last week, it was said that the plays that Josh Jacobs wanted were included in the game plan, as was part of the reason why he had his breakout game. Now, as you said, now he said during the post game that weren't really run the plays that he suggested this time, got his input at halftime, and lo and behold, it worked out. So while you're not allowing the players to run the show, I think it is important to get player input because yes. they know what's best for them. As a, Just like you know your body, right, when it comes to health. But you lean on the professionals for advice. It's, just, it's just a similar, not the same, but similar with players where they know what, what's best for them. They know what suits their strengths. They're looking for the coaches for guidance and they have the final say. But mm -hmm. I think it helps to have the input of a player because, again, they know their strengths and weaknesses. They know what they do well. And for, it's up to the coaches to not just hand the game plans over to the players, but to include some of what their suggestions are to get the best possible results. Right. And and the other telling thing I saw, and it's, you know, little things, you know, from all the coverage that this team is much more in sync and getting along better and they're having fun. Right. And they talked about it on the broadcast on Sunday night a lot. Oh, these guys are having fun. They're finally having fun. Yeah, I get it. You want to have fun no matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter if you're a professional. You still want to enjoy your work. So those these guys are doing it, but there was another point when the, when when Jacobs was asked after the game about the big run, the forty yard run he had as long as to the season, he talked about how Greg Van Roten, the right guard, told him, "Hey, follow the." He he basically gave him the the the, the, the blueprint and said, "Go here, right? Run inside here. I got you." And so that's sharing that story. We didn't hear stories like that earlier in the year. We didn't hear about guys talking about now they weren't having as much success. But that is a key thing because that tells me in the huddle, these guys are communicating and they're thinking about play calls. And if they got the play call in, uh, they know what's going on. And so to see that and to hear that, Mo, is significant because now you're, you've unleashed one of the best talents. Whether Josh Jacobs is there next year or not doesn't matter. It matters, though, what he can do now for himself and for his team, the Raiders. And boy, uh, that change in mentality, that change in allowing feedback has this guy feeling good? He even said it. I started to think about being a Raider again next year, right? So I know that's jumping ahead, but still for him to say that openly, he wasn't prompted to say that. So that tells you the mood in the locker room right now. Yeah, it's definitely changed. And I think a lot of people are still looking at the Raiders like these goofballs are in here smoking cigars after every win. But I think it's symbolic of, as you said, the mood in the locker room, the change in the tenor. The mentality that they have, it just exudes confidence right now. Even when the Raiders were down against the Jets. And now I know it was a slugfest, so the Jets weren't exactly pulling away. But if you remember, if you listen to Josh Jacobs in the postgame, I believe he said, you know, we, we just kept believing. No matter, even if we we're down against a bat against a, a good defense, we know we're still in this football game. We're still within striking distance. You just build it brick by brick. I think Antonio Pierce phrased it. I think Jermaine Luminar got on the X and said the same thing. You just keep chopping away. You just keep chopping away at the win. Eventually, hopefully, if you're to raise it, works in your favor, and it has over the last two weeks. I know the Giants are, are wasteland right now, arguably the worst team in the league. I would say they are the worst team in the league. But, again, this was a Jets defense that was playing pretty well. We all know what Zach Wilson is, but the Jets have wins against the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. They do have quality wins in their resume. 
And they had a chance to win it at the end of the game. And Robert Splane comes up with a big play. And then they get the Jets get the ball back and the Raiders get another set of stops. So defense, offense, special teams all had a hand in this win. And again, it permeated through the locker room to have that confidence. And if you're the Raiders, Mo, at this point, knowing you're going into a really difficult part of your schedule, the next two games are rough. Okay, and um, you're hearing a lot of folks nationally say that, say, hey, it's great that the Raiders won these two games. Everybody's happy. In fact, dare I say they've taken on an underdog sort of 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 persona and people sort of are cheering for them, at least in the media, which is unusual for this for this franchise. But you see it, which is cool because it's such a good story, probably. But but then you see the schedule coming up uh, and it's it's a tough one. But if you're gonna if you're gonna have any chance at all, you need to have your best weapon rolling, right? And that's where Josh Jacobs is at. So uh, good on him, and and it's a it's a phenomenal phenomenal story, and it's good that he's getting warmed up. Now we got to talk about Aiden O'Connell too. So Aiden O'Connell at quarterback, okay, finishes with 153 yards, a touchdown, and the interception, which was a, a poor recognition by him, just a poor read, and and he threw the ball away. And as a rookie, you just have to protect the ball, right? So, but you're going to expect it. We talked about it leading into the into the weekend. Mo, that he's going to make mistakes. He's a rookie. Right. It, it, it comes with the territory. C.J. Stroud even made a mistake that co- almost cost him the game before their big comeback against the Bengals on Sunday. So it happens to everybody. But I, I was I was pleased at what he does. You can still see some of the things you get to work on. His footwork can be bad at times. He can rush the ball. He can hold the ball too long. All the things you expect from a rookie. But none of them are... I think career killing, none of them are not fixable, which is important when you saw some of the other things like Mac Jones in New England playing in Germany, some of the mistakes some of these other guys make, and he's he's not a rookie quarterback, but you see that and you're thinking, okay, so Aiden O'Connell has a skill set. And again, I think people are looking for unfairly at times, Aiden O'Connell to perform like a first round quarterback draft pick, which he is not. He's a fourth rounder. We've said it all along. We don't know what he is yet. But I was encouraged. I thought he had a good game. And if you look at the defense he played, everybody was criticizing him a little bit. But you look at even Mahomes was held to 200 yards. Justin Herbert hold, held to 336 yards, no touchdowns, a 65 quarterback rating. Jalen Hurts, 280 yards in the win you were talking about. He threw three picks against the Jets, as did Josh Allen. So I'm not comparing Aiden O'Connell to those guys, Mo. But all considering he had a nice game when he was put in the position to play the way I felt like the offensive coordinator, Bo Hardigree should put him in. He did really well when he was asked to maybe do some things outside of his comfort level. It didn't, it didn't go as well, but what's your overall view of O'Connell, how he played against the jets. What up y'all? It's your boy, Danny green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the inside the green room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never before told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow inside the green room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. He's definitely growing. And a lot of people want to, some Raider fans want to criticize him and say, oh, he, you know, he's thrown for under 200 yards. Not enough guys are involved. Devontae Adams had eight catches for 86 yards, by the way. So they're getting on the same page. But as you said, he, it's his third start in his fourth game. 
I mean, what are you expecting? Are you expecting to see Tom Brady right out of the box? Mm. I mean, there is a reason he was a fourth round pick. It wasn't <laughs> like he was the first overall pick in the draft. I mean, look at Bryce Young right now. He's struggling yeah. in Carolina. Now he has a lesser supporting cast with lesser weapons and offensive playmakers around him. But this is the number one overall pick. Doesn't look anything close to it right now in Carolina. So give Aiden O'Connell some time. What I what I paid attention to is growth. What does he look like now versus what he looked like against the Chargers? And I think you can see the development there. He had that one turnover, but he didn't turn the ball over multiple times. There were also two plays that I thought were pretty good on his part. There was one where he stumbles <laughs> out of oh, taking yeah. the ball and still got the ball to Devontae Abs downfield, didn't panic, didn't flinch, still completed the pass. And the play where he throws a touchdown pass to Michael Mayer in the end zone, he had to evade pressure on that one. Now, we we criticize him for not having the mobility. He's not going to be Josh Allen out there. But he has a little bit of wiggle. He's not he's not athletic, but he can evade pressure if he really needs to. And he was able to do it on that play and get the ball to Michael Mayer. So he does, definitely deserves credit for that. Uh, I would say he's a statue, but <laughs> he, he could definitely make some crafty moves and buy himself some time, which we saw on Sunday night. Yeah, he had a he had a nice first down run that was negated by a holding penalty. Uh, yeah. But but other than that, yeah, he's not going to be a guy who runs around, uh, and that's why I still think no matter what happens with Aiden O'Connell this year, the Raiders will still be in the market for a, a more mobile quarterback in Absolutely. the draft. But again, you look at AFC quarterbacks. I'm going to remind people against this Jets defense, only Russell Wilson had a higher passing rating at 103.7. Patrick Mahomes 63, Justin Herbert 65, Aiden O'Connell 72. So to your point, you're seeing growth, and that's the key, and I think people need to do that. He's not going to come out and and be an MVP candidate after after four games in the NFL. That's not who he is, and it's not a, a real expectation. But but it was good to see. And like I said, and, and you talked about the throw to Mayer. I mean, it was a great throw, great catch, of course, and, and it was mm-hmm. good to see him connect with Mayer more because I think that that's something that has been underutilized in the Raiders offense is the tight end and some of those sets. And they, they really attempted to do that. You also saw Trey Tucker again, which was nice, but all those pieces too. And I, I'm, I always focus on this. It was use what you have and use it differently when you have a rookie quarterback, because you're not asking him to go down the field all the time, right? He can do it. And he did it a couple times nicely, but giving him the opportunity to succeed by making the game more manageable. And you, I mean, you got a great running back. You have these tight ends, you have these fast, uh, rookies like Tucker use them, and and I think that that's credit to Bo Hardegree again too. That the first half was a little uneven. Second half, I thought they dialed it in more. I know they didn't score until the one touchdown in the fourth, but overall, I thought they called the game better, and the creativity is much better. And creativity is much better, but what I would say is a lot of people panicked when the Raiders, you know, only kicking field goals in the first half and. Antonio Pierce kind of botched a timeout situation where he yeah. wasted the timeout before halftime. I get that. People criticize Antonio Pierce for that. Antonio Pierce is coaching in his second game. <laughs> so what I will say about offensive coordinator Bo Hardegree, who's a first-time offensive play caller, Aiden O'Connell, who's a rookie, Antonio Pierce, who's you know just now coming into his head coaching position, second game, be patient. All of these guys are going to make mistakes. It's not going to look. It's not going to look smooth probably until the end of the season. And even then, it may not look as smooth because all of these guys are filling in in new positions, things they haven't done before. Aiden O'Connell has getting up to NFL speed. Antonio Pierce 
understanding what it is to be a head coach and how to use his timeouts and clock management, Bo Hart agree, learning his personnel, how to call plays, the flow of the game, how to set up plays later in the game. So those things will eventually come, you hope, but you have to expect the growing pains and the hiccups early. So I, I would say for, for fans who are very critical, understand what the Raiders have. It's a lot of new, and I don't know, a lot of people want to compare it to the Rich, Rich Passaccia years, but I think I said this on the last show. Rich Passaccia, it was, it was a different situation because he had a veteran quarterback. He had Greg Olson on the staff, who's a who's an experienced play caller, and Rich Passaccia himself has been around the league for decades. <laughs> he was familiar with Gruden from, I believe, their Tampa Bay days. So yes, way back. You, you, had, you have a whole, you have a, not a new coaching staff, but you have a very inexperienced coaching staff in key positions. You have an inexperienced quarterback. So, of course, they're going to lean a lot on Josh Jacobs. So while I don't expect any 300-yard games for Aiden O'Connell this year, maybe he gets one or two, who knows? But it's going to be a Josh Jacobs type of second half season for the Raiders. And if, as as long as Josh Jacobs goes, the Raiders go with him. And I, I think that's why they've, they're leaning into their physical identity because of the experience of Aiden O'Connell in the center. And, and I agree. I think this team, and again, people, I think it was last week when I said, hey, the Raiders, playoffs or something. I just said it in passing. They're like, what are you, are you crazy? And of course, they're sending me the, the Jim Mora playoffs yes and 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 i'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs but they're in the conversation which shows the the progress they've made in two games it's a long road to go but if you're going to be if you're going to if a team like the raiders in my view mo have have a chance and can buck stats and expectations they got to do guerrilla warfare right they have to be this physical knock down drag it out team and you might win games quote unquote ugly that's what some of these teams do. And with the AFC, especially for that seven seed, uh, it is bunched up right now. You look at the AFC North, you look at what's going on there. Pittsburgh keeps winning. I don't know how, but they do. So you look at that situation and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be in a bare knuckle brawl the rest of the season. Every game to me is going to be like this. Now there might be more points scored and so on. You might play defenses that aren't as good, but you're gonna play offenses that are. It's just gonna be this way and and we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, but it's certainly more exciting. People have hope, which is something that they didn't have four or five weeks ago. And I think that uh, that's palpable, not only for the players, but for the fans overall as well. Mo, last word before we hit the break. Do you remember when people were criticizing Josh Jacobs and saying, oh, is he dogging it? Is he not playing hard? Uh, you know, his last two games, his best two games of the season. What has changed between the first? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but what has changed between the first eight games and the last two? You tell yeah. me, and and you right. wonder why. And I think it coaching matters, Scott. Coaching, coaching matters. matters, and and the other thing is how his contract situation was handled. We don't know the details. Mm -hmm. Even if the Raiders still were right not to give him a long term contract, how it was handled matters. And now what we know about other situations, I'm pretty sure it wasn't handled well. So uh, that that pops into the equation too, and he feels better. I'm sure having to deal with. Champ Kelly versus the other guys. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we roll on with Silver and Black today here on this Tuesday. Mo and Scott, don't go anywhere. We're coming right back.